Good evening. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. But, um, so let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for your mercies that are new every day. Lord, as we come into this sanctuary tonight, as we come into this church, um, able to laugh, able to joke, um, able to talk about things, Lord, and able to fellowship over dinner, able to pray with each other, able to console each other, be able to lift each other up, Lord. Um, Father, these are your people. Um, Lord, we are here to hopefully hear from your word, hopefully that you would speak to our hearts this evening, um, no matter where we are on the gambit of life right now. Maybe some of us are, are trudging through, trying to get to the next day. Maybe some of us are on top of the world. Maybe some of us are just new to the faith. Maybe some of us have been in, in the faith forever, Lord. And um, tonight, we need to hear from you. There needs to be your a freshness of your word in our heart and in our minds, Lord, to remind us of how thorough and how wonderful and how graceful and how merciful that you are, Lord, and how loving that you are for each one of us. And uh, so, Father, I thank you so much for this evening. I thank you for this church, and we ask us in your name. Amen. Um, so Genesis chapter 12. So we're going to, last week, just a kind of intro, kind of backtracking. I like to kind of bring us up to, it's an easy spring point at that point for us. So kind of recapping where we were. Last week, we talked about just creation and, and kind of creation of everything. You know, Pastor Carl had brought us through the first, um, I think it was nine chapters of Genesis, um, kind of going through everything. And then we talked about last week of just how things are going to kind of slow down now as well, too. Going to slow down time-wise, just in time itself. You know, we had gone through probably a thousand years or so or more at that point. Um, and then also just time-wise in the Bible, we're going to kind of slow down a little bit, especially last week and this week. Next week, we'll probably cover a chapter or two at that point, kind of going over a couple little things. But tonight, again, just wanting to take an opportunity to kind of talk about Abram, you know, and the man that he is and, and kind of the calling from God that he has received and we're going to go into that tonight. And again, last week, as far as the creation and just the creation of everything, we talked about genealogies and how important genealogies are because everything, again, the genealogies in the Old Testament is pointing us to Christ. You know, one area quickly that you can look is Matthew chapter one and how it just, the genealogy going back from Christ, leading us back to where we are now and how important that that is. It's important because that's what was prophesied. It's important because that's where we are and brings Jesus to, as we will see tonight, part of the blessing that we received from even at this point back in Genesis. The blessing that Christ is for us, for those of us who believe in Christ and believe that he is our savior, the one that is able to then wash away our sins and cleanse us so that we have now right standing, that we don't have any business being in right standing with the Lord but because of what Christ did on a cross and how he bled for us and, and, and washed away our sins, not covered it like it talks about in the, in the Old Testament that we'll get someday when we get to the laws as far as how the animal would just cover that sin from us, but the, the, the blood from Christ washes us clean. And what an amazing feeling once you start really grasp that and take a hold of it, of understanding that I, Kevin, have a right to be able to pray and come into the Holy of Holies and talk to my creator. I don't have to sacrifice an animal. I don't have to go to somebody else to pray for me. I don't have to, to try to work my way into salvation that because of what Christ did and because I've asked for forgiveness and my sins are just washed away, how amazing is that? That even as just these last couple weeks or months that we've talked about Genesis, just the God who has created everything, 
who just spoke it into existence, had a desire to want to hear prayers from me? I mean, I mean that much to him? That the Bible talks about that I'm the, I'm the apple of his eye? I mean, how could that be? You know, as we reflect as well, too, we go back to our past and we think about where we've come from and maybe we all weren't Christians our whole lives, like maybe a couple of you guys were or most of you guys were, but me coming from a different background that I wasn't, and then to really understand that, to go, man, God was just willing to forgive me of that, that I can have a relationship with him. What a blessing that is that you didn't take a hold of that. And as you go back now to the Old Testament and you read these stories and you see how the prophecy brings us to the point that God even then was thinking about me, that God even then was thinking about you. And as you go through hard days, and maybe you had a hard day today, I had a hard day today, and and you just think about again, just the blessing that, you know what, even though I go through a hard day, man, the Lord is right there with me. The Lord hasn't left my side. The Lord continues to counsel me and the Lord continues to give me the strength and the the grace that I need to have and the mercy that I need to have, the grace and mercy that you need to have so that you cannot do it by yourself and try to to work it out in flesh and try to to make something happen because I'm just that kind of guy that I can get it done. But you don't have to. I have a God and I have a Savior that's willing and wanting to walk those strings with me as I go through life. Why? Because that's how much that he loves me. And he's written a love story to me as I continue to go through the Old Testament and and then bounce it off what the New Testament means. It's it's a wonderful compliment to be able to truly understand the greatness of the God that we love and how detailed he is to be able to walk us through those things. So that's where we are now. And then as the last thing that I talked about too last week was kind of moving into a new year, 2024, and I joked around that it kind of like sounded like a sci-fi movie that we're actually writing 2024 down. Um, some of the younger people in the room are like, what, it's no big deal, but it sounds Buck Rogers-ish, doesn't it? Like, you're like, Buck Rogers, like, that's crazy. Didn't he like fly off at some point at this point? I mean, that's just, you know, Aaron Gray. I, the only reason it popped in my mind, Aaron Gray's birthday was the other day. I don't know if you know who Aaron Gray was, but she was in the show. Thank you very much. And um, Jason's got me. And so anyway, so we, we were kind of empowered to, to go, the first part of the first verse that we're going to read tonight says, now the Lord had said to Abram to go. New King James says to get out, to go. And I challenged you guys last week to think about the things this year that you want to go and go do. It's a fresh year and don't just make resolutions, but, but challenge yourself. Where am I in my relationship with the Lord? Maybe he's challenged you to kind of do something. Maybe there's a relationship in your life that, man, the Lord's calling me to go and make that thing Right? Maybe I gotta go humble myself and ask for forgiveness or maybe I need to extend an olive branch and and make that thing right so that as I move into this year, I'm bringing people to the Lord and not continuing to create divisions. Maybe it's a a mission trip that you're supposed to. Maybe you're supposed to do something in in, in the ministry. Maybe he's calling you to go. I talked to a couple people last week and they were gonna start a devotion now. They just really felt like, man, that was just a confirmation again for me to get off the bench and go and start devotions with some, with some guys or, or, or start a devotion with, a, you know, with other people and kind of encouraging them to get in the game. We don't need a pew potatoes. We don't need to be sitting here and just taking in all of this information that we get from Pastor Carl and, and Pastor Reggie and Pastor Jim. They, they come up here and they give us this good meat and it's a point of we gotta do something with it. You know, and as Abraham was calling, is being called to go, the same thing is being called for us is, you know, go into the world and to make disciples. 
And the world doesn't have to be in, in Turkey as Pastor Jim's getting ready to go to or in, in Africa or wherever it is that you want to go, Russia. It, it's, it's out of these doors. It's your neighbor. It's your family. It's your friends. And is there a part of you that is actually going to go and go and do those things? It's, it's our responsibility. We've been empowered. We have the information. We have the knowledge. We have breath. We're all breathing tonight. We have the ability to go wherever that you are at. You're going to reach and see people that anybody in the ministry here won't see because they're in your world. They're in your area of, of, in, of, 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 of influx as far as being able to talk to those people and, and to be able to work with them and to be able to see where they're at and to meet their needs and to hear their words. People just need to be heard nowadays. They're going through struggles and they're going through and trying to find out what the truth is. Well, we know the truth. We know that there is one truth. You may have an opinion, but that's not a truth. We, we know what the truth is. And it's not to come along in a, in a sarcastic way or a, a snippy way. It's, it's going to come along lovingly and to care for them. And your actions will speak louder than any words that you say. And as you, as you live out the gospel to them, they get to see that. Well, that happens when we go. And so the challenge was for you guys, hopefully you were here from last year to this week, last week to this week, is, is to go and to get out into the world and go and do something for the gospel. And that was the challenge. Well, this week, as the title of the, the message is going to be A Promise and Worship, A Promise and Worship. So this week, we're going to talk about moving into, it's, it's, it's not the covenant, not the Abrahamic covenant that we're going to talk about tonight because it's not truly introduced yet, but the promise of it is there, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So a covenant, first of all, is it's a betweenness. It's an agreement between two people or two groups that involves promises on the part of each other. And I think we kind of get that, we understand that. And there's, there's human covenants, there's, or treaties, we might call them. And they're either between equals or between a superior and an inferior. So if we make a, a, an equal treaty, it might be like, hey, I'll mow your yard if you wash my car or something like that. You know? And you're like, oh, it's a fair deal. I like to mow yard and I hate to wash my car, so it all works out. Or there might be one where it's a superior and inferior. Okay, it might be somebody says, hey, mow my yard and I'll give you $1,000. And you're like, that's incredible, I'll, I'll do that. And by the way, I'll do that. If anybody wants that, I'm, I'm happy, I'm available for 1000 almost any day. But, um, you know, I'm a little picky if it's a little bit less than that. So um, a divine covenant is also, it's, it's between a superior and an inferior. And so divine covenant, obviously that would be a, between an, uh, a superior and an inferior because there's nothing that we can offer the Lord that, would, that he would need. And what does the Lord need, right? So anything that he would give us would be infinitely better than anything that we could give back to him. And so that would be a divine covenant. And so that's typically what you're going to see is, is, is God begins to talk to Abraham and he had one also with Noah and you'll see one with David as well too at some point. And so there's, there's certain covenants that happen between God and man and there's nothing that we can give back to the Lord. Even if we're like, oh, we'll give you these riches or I'll give you whatever, it's still inferior to whatever the Lord would be able to, to provide for us. And this week, we're gonna be introduced to a covenant with Abraham. And again, I say introduced because I don't think that's fully given at this point. It will be in Genesis chapter 15, but we're gonna see the promise and we're gonna see the beginning of it as we start off here. So please turn over to chapter 12, verse one. It starts off and says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out from your country. And again, we talked about that last week and just a little while ago. 
and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. And first again here we have go and and the God of all creation is again choosing Abraham or Abram at this point out of all of the world to talk to. God has chosen this one man to do that with. And as we discussed last week, Abraham Abraham wasn't perfect. He's an idol worshiper. He's coming from a family of idol worshipers. And again, to me, it was kind of interesting that we were just so short from the term of, of the flood, just a few generations at this point, and there's already idol worship. They have already moved away from the Lord, from God. It's just something that stuck out to me. I was like, man, I'm, that's just interesting that it was that quick that something like that would happen. But when God looked at Abram, he's, he, he didn't see him where he is now. He saw the end product of what Abram was going to be, that eventually he was going to be Abraham. And it was something that just stuck out to me is that I'm so thankful for myself personally that, that God didn't look at me at the point of waiting for me to get to a point where I would be perfect because, again, that's not going to happen. But God saw, God saw me and some 30 years ago knew that this is where I would be within my life right now. You know, it's a point where 30 years ago, Christine probably wouldn't have married me at that point, okay? I had to wait another five years before I got things somewhat figured out for her, you know? So this July would be 25 years. But, but it was just amazing that, that even at that point, you know, just immature, you know, just no direction, you know, just um, doing things in, in bars and going out and stuff like that, things that I should never have been doing, but yet God saw that was willing to say, you know what, Kevin, but I know where you're heading to. And you're a man that I want to invest in. And you're a man that, that, that's crying out to me. And again, as I look back, I'm just so thankful again that God didn't wait until that point, but God accepted me where I was at now. And that I was then able to turn and say, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. And you guys know that experience. You guys have experienced that yourself. We just got to the point where you're like, Lord, I, I can't do this. And maybe that was the conversation that Abram had with him. Maybe God knocked on, we don't have all the conversation that happened there. Maybe Abram was like, man, Lord, I, I don't wanna worship these idols anymore. I see where my family's coming from and I'm not trying to read more into the Bible than what's there. But again, it's interesting for ourselves to look at these people, that they are real people, that have real emotions and real feelings and, and, and is looking for a God. And obviously he's looking for a God. He's, he's worshiping something at this point. And God looks into him right then and sees him and speaks into his life. And he continues on and says, I want you to go away from your country. We know in Genesis eleven thirty one that his dad had started to move but had stopped in Haran, but he was still idol worshiping. And today this is not a big deal for people to move like this is because nowadays we have, you know, just, we have transportation, you know, cars and whatever that we want to do or call UPS and, pop, you know, box up a bunch of boxes or we have financial ability, we have we have communication. We can call people from different places. And you see, you know, even cultures today that we didn't even know existed, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that we're actively involved in their lives and able to learn different things. There's different foods that we're a part of now. There's different things that we get to see. There's, there's a mix of people that have never happened before. Typically, you grew up in one place, and that's, you met somebody that was from that place, and you you died in that place, and then, you know, you had kids in that place, and they did the same thing. And, but nowadays, people are everywhere. You know, there's people that are just, you know, I was talking to my niece this um, afternoon and 
she's saying one of the kids that she's, that's about to graduate, and he's like, man, I'm out of here. I'm going to New York. And she's like, New York? You know, why New York anyways? But I mean, I mean I'd like to go there for you. It's a long story. I won't start that one, but stay back in the notes. And so it was a point where, again, but you can go. Back then, that was a big deal. I mean, you're moving 400 miles or so. That's, that's a move. You know, and he's got an entourage. He's got his family. He's got his things. And he doesn't have a big box truck behind him. He's got, you know, he doesn't have U-Haul. He's got camels and he's got mules. And I mean, this is like a, this is a trip, you know? I mean, we get frustrated in the car because you can't get the right radio station or my Apple music is, is glitching. Like, why can't I get this podcast? What's going on here, you know? And they didn't have any of that. They just had sweat, you know, and people complaining. And I can't imagine having kids back then and trying to do that. But, but not back then. I mean, it was, it was an ordeal for them to make a decision for him to go ahead and say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to follow what you've, you've asked me to do. He also asked him to leave your family. And relatives, it's, it's and family's relatives, it's, it's kindred, it's your, it's your tribe. And again, back then, that was a big thing. You know, family was, was very, very important. And, and it's probably important to you right now. But back then, it was just, that was everything. That was your identity. That was, that was your people. That was your namesake. That was where you just continued on with your, 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 the business of the family. That's where you continued on and you just created your own little area. And that's how you were known. And, and yo, you're such and such and such and child. And, and you just can, oh, and that was your grandfather. And I knew your grandfather's grandfather. And he's asked to leave your family. He's also asked to leave your father's house. Last week we read Joshua 24 too. It said, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times and they served other gods. I've already alluded this a couple times that they were idol worshipers, but, but to me, I, I look at this again as God is looking at Abram and saying, look, there's a thing that I wanna do in your life. But man, I need to get you out of the circumstance and the people that you're around right now. There's influences in your life that it's gonna be very hard for you to follow me if you're continuing to carry on with these idols and the people that are around you and the people that you love greatly that are just influencing you in the wrong way. And maybe that happens in, in our lives as well. Maybe it's not so much family. I hate to say to get away from family because family is super important. But can I say, for myself, it was friends. I mean, there was friends that I had to remove myself from because those were the influences in my life that were making me and tempting me, not making me, tempting me to do things. And I was just following in line, locked up in barrel. There's times in your life where you have to make a decision on what you're going to do and what you're going to follow. Matthew 10, 37 through 39 says, Jesus speaking, says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake, he will find it. And it's a decision that we have to make and hopefully you've made that decision. Not just an acceptance of Christ and asking for forgiveness and maybe some of you just trying to get that get out of jail free card that I'm, I'm gonna cash in because I accepted Christ but I got to live and do things that I knew that I shouldn't be doing, that's the point where, where are, you, are you truly in? Are you willing to say, Lord, really, everything is yours? 
I've, I've pushed the chips in in life and, and I'm accepting that, that, that I love you and that you are my God and that I truly wanna follow you. It's a, it's a verse that I struggle with because if you know me at, at all, you know how much I love my family. I mean, I love my wife. I love my three kids. I love my family that's in the back. I mean, I love them. And I, to be honest, and I've had the discussion with the Lord, I can't say always that he's number one in my life. You know, you have your kids in your life and they were home over Christmas, the two that are away, and it's, it's, it's great. You know, <laughs> I got three older kids now. You know, being a dad was like the greatest thing that I've ever done. And as you move into the next stage of your life that you're a dad in a different way now, you're more of a consult at this point in your life, you know, or a friend, and it's, it's a hard shift. The Lord says, yeah, Kevin, I, I want all of your heart. But Lord, you know how much I love my wife. Kevin, I, I, I want to be the same in her life. And Christian, as you, as, you, as you walk in this life and as you continue to move forward, there, there are things that you're gonna have to make decisions on and say, yes, Lord, God, whatever it is that you want. And it doesn't mean that you don't love those people. You know, that God also commands that I'm to love my wife as Christ loves the church. So it's not like I'm pushing my wife aside. It means that God is number one in my life. And as, as God looks at Abram and says, look, I'm asking you, I, I need you to know this. I, I'm pulling you away from all these other influences in your life. I, I, you, you need to know this. I, I need to be number one in your life. As we continue this relationship, as we continue to move forward, as we continue with the, the things that I'm about to talk to, the, to bless you with, you need to know that I, I need to be the number one person in your life. So God asked Abram to do this, and he makes an incredible one-sided promise to Abraham. And again, it's the introduction of the covenant. And he moves on to Genesis, the last part of Genesis chapter one. He says, and to a land that I will show you. In verse seven, he says, we'll read it, it's gonna be the land of Canaan. And it's, it's a little bit more detail that we see in Genesis 15, uh, 15, Genesis 15, 18 through 21. It says, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And I'm gonna say all these names, I'm just gonna do it. The, the Canaanites, the Kenzanites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Thank you. <laughs> God says, I will give it all to you, but not because you deserve it. I'm gonna give this land to you, okay, this whole area here, but, but you gotta know, Amy, it's not because of what it's something that you've done. It's just because I, I, I want to. I want to give this to you. And it's not a point where it's a, it's a, a name it, claim it type thing. It's not a prosperity gospel where, where God is gonna try to do this because I've done something else. It's, it's literally because Abraham has, has asked for nothing. And God has looked at this man and decided that this is what I'm going to do for you. If you've ever tried to do a Bible study, and I'll give you guys a quick notes on how to do that real quick right here, is if you looked at the first three verses here, if, if God repeats himself, it's probably something important that you kind of need to know, okay? And so if you look at this quickly, you'll see that I will, I will, I will, I will. He repeats himself five times. God speaking to Abraham, I will do this. And say, I will, but, but you better do this back to me. I will do this five times. He also says, a bless or blessing five times as well turn that area. But I will do this. God, again, putting him in the, himself in the position of, look, it's, it's me. 
Again, Abraham, it's not a works that you've done. There's nothing that you've got in your past that you can pull up as far as that you've deserved it. It's me. I will do this for you. Verse two, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And God will make Abram into a great nation and make his name great. We see in Genesis 17, six, it says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. I think it's important to realize too that Abram, we'll see here in a second, is 75 years old and, and, and he doesn't have any kids yet. Sarah is, is barren, but yet he promises that I'm gonna make him exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations come from you. Well, how's that gonna happen? Well, you're gonna have to walk in faith. And you talk about great names, Abraham. Whew, Father Abraham, we tried to sing it last week. We didn't do a great job, but um, there's the Jews claim him, the Muslims claim him, the Christians. Everything goes back to Abraham. Everybody sings that song in their nursery. Okay, so I mean, it's, it's Father Abraham because he had many sons. Not yet, but he will. And what a name that he has turned into. And we see in Matthew chapter one that even King David and, and Jesus are in the line, the genealogy of Abram. It all goes back to him. He's the starting point for us. Isn't that incredible? Verse three, it moves on and says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Alan Ross says it this way. He says, because the Lord was binding himself to Abram with these promises, he would safeguard his servant. And those who blessed Abraham, Abram would re receive blessing from God. That is, those who supported and endorsed him in his faith would actually find enrichment. Conversely, if anyone treated Abraham lightly, he must be cursed. Abraham or Abram is God's man. This is the man that he's chosen. And we'll see moving forward that people and nations that despise Abram and, and, and come rise up against him are dealt harshly by the Lord. The Lord protects his, and he's gonna protect Abram in here too. And what should Abram do with the blessings that he's received from the Lord? We'll see that on the backside of verse three. It says, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth. So again, it's not just a point where it's like, Abram, now look, I've already promised you, man, you're gonna have... You're gonna have a lot of kids. You're gonna have a lot of kid kids. And you're gonna have like, I mean, it's just so many we can't even, it's gonna be amazing. But, but again, all the families of the earth are gonna be in, all the families? Kevin, does that mean that like we're part of that? Yes, it means that we're part of that. We turn over to, Galatians, well, you don't have to, it'll be on the screen. Galatians 3, 8 and 9, the New Living Translation. It says, what's more is the scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. And we receive that now? Yes, if you're a believer in Christ and you're walking with Jesus at this point and you have a relationship with Christ as well, then you're part of that blessing. We are part of that blessing. And by faith, well, what do you mean by faith? Well, Hebrews 11, eight, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going. Is that amazing that to, to go out, so many times 
for ourselves even too, we'll throw out a, we'll call it a fleece or, man, I'm praying about her. Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. And we're just kind of putting it out there to see if something, Abram went out in faith. He didn't know where he was going. So many times we, we sit there and we'll write out, you know, well, what's the pros and what's the cons? You ever do that before? You know, everybody does that, right? That's in the Bible somewhere where it's okay to do that. So it's, you write the pros and, oh, well, I'll make more money, you know, and it'll be, it's a nicer area. It doesn't snow here and it's, uh, people are nice when they drive and, and you have all these lists of the pros, right? And then the cons over here and you're like, well, it never snows up where I'm at now and I'm not making enough money. And, you know, you kind of come up with that pros and cons list. Abraham, he didn't have that opportunity. There's no pros and cons. You don't see him going, all right, Lord, well, let me see here. Um, so I'm, how many camels do I get out of this? What, what's gonna happen here? Am I gonna get some more servants out of this deal? I mean, what, what are we talking here? And when you mean like a lot of nations, like what kind of names are we talking about? What kind of heritage am I gonna have here? And who are gonna, who's gonna remember me? Abraham just by faith says, Lord, let, let's do it. And then can you imagine that conversation? Okay, I've had conversations with my wife as well too where I'm like, hey honey, um, I'm kind of thinking, you know, Lord's kind of this opportunity. And she's like, okay. You know, and kind of like that as well too. I think that was perfect right there. Okay, you know, if you've ever been around Christine, that is like almost perfect, okay? So, and so that's not like her trying to hold back a little bit. So she's like, what are you crazy? Like it is can't do that, you know? And sometimes there's little tears that come up afterwards as well, too. And she's like, okay, you know, like, no, that's, yeah, we can pray about that and, you know, see what the Lord does. But can you imagine Abram's like, like, Sarah, listen to me. This is what I'm thinking. You know, I, I feel like God, you know, who doesn't have like a name yet, but he spoke to me and, and this is what he's calling us to do. And we're gonna pack up everything and, and we're gonna go. Well, where are we going to go? Um, to a land or someplace, you know, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be good, you know. Do you, do you kind of know where? Like, can you imagine this conversation in your house around the table? And he's like, you know, it it, it it's yeah, it's it's good, you know. It's 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 going to be a land of blessings, you know. Or it's, it's it's nice. Who are we bringing? Nobody. There's nobody that's going to come with us. You know, we're just going to be our little family. So, yeah, that'll be it. But out of faith. Abram leaves everything. He leaves his family. He leaves his namesake. He leaves his country. He leaves all the creature comforts that he has. Why? Because, well, I believe this is the God that I've been searching for my whole life. And I'm ready to do it. There's a point in my life, I'm 75 now, and I'm just, I've been searching for this moment in my life, and I'm ready to do this, and I want to go, and I want to follow God, and I know that this is the real thing. It's amazing is that we are part of that blessing. We are part of the blessing that we get to be involved in what God has got planned and that he has chosen us, that he's got a plan for your life and he has, he has dreams and desires for you. But we have to walk by faith being able to do that. Move on into verse four and starts off, it says, so Abraham... Keep saying that I can't wait till he changes his name. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people who they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. 
So they came to the land of Canaan. Then Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebinth tree and Moriah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. And just a couple quick things that I see here, uh, real quick, is, is back in verse four, it says Abram was told, is told to leave his family behind. Obviously, it's not Sarah that he's, that, he's, that he's told to leave behind, but he takes Lot. And I only noticed this in a couple commentaries, but I thought it was interesting is, is Lot is part of that kindred is what I believe. And, and, I, and if you continue on, and we will here in the next couple of weeks, is, is that we're gonna see that taking Lot might have been a mistake, you know, again, I don't know if this is sin. I don't know if this is contrary to what the Lord wanted because obviously he's there and maybe he had a different conversation, but um, Lot's gonna create some problems in Abram's life. You know, and as he goes along with him and he, and he takes him along with him and I've got a nephew too and a couple of them that I love greatly. Um, and so I understand it would be hard to do, but it's a point too where we're gonna see in a few weeks in the next week or so of what a problem that Lot becomes within his life. And also the Canaanites were in the land Sometimes we just kind of cruise through that, but they were in the land. That means that at this time when this writer is writing this down, it says that they were in the land. It means that at the time when Abram was there, they were there, but as they're writing this, they're no longer there in the land. Again, it's a land of idol worship. It's amazing to me that, again, as I had stated before, that we're, 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 we're generations past the flood and that the world has already gone back to idol worshiping. That they've already left a God that has completely flooded the land and flooded the world, and they've already reverted back to this. And so what is the application for us this evening is, is for you, for parents, and you, for grandparents, is, is to be consistent within your faith. It's not to walk away from it. You know, again, so many times we, we feel like, and not, not incorrectly, I mean, it's, it's wonderful to, to have the word of God and continue to preach the word of God into your kids and to your grandkids and, and to have that influence in their life, but can I tell you, walking it out for them to actually see it is just as important. You know, I have, again, we have 111 kids here in the school. And, and again, you can look at the kids and know the families that they come from just by the way that they act. So again, it's important for us to, to be those influences. And, and no family is perfect, okay? Let me just say that right. Every family is dysfunctional. Every family's got problems in it. And, I, and I'm not saying that. But it's a point of where are you at as far as being that influence within your family? You know, are you the one that's consistent, not overbearing as far as your faith and being that person within their family, but becoming alongside even those that, that have maybe wronged you? And so that your children see that and they see the influence that you have within the community. They see the consistency that you have within your walk and that you're honest at your job and that you're honest with your family members. You're honest with your government as far as it comes to taxes and things like, I mean, you're, you, you pay Caesar what Caesar deserves that you don't tell white lies because, well, that's okay, it's, it's not a big deal. What is a big deal to a kid? And as those little things start to erode as far as what they believe the faith is, that's when you start seeing to a generation now that you see it's, and it's, we like to blame media and we like to blame everybody else and obviously they have a huge part of it, but again, where's the church within that? Where's the church to rise up and to be, not just to rise up, but where's our walk to be able to influence those that are around us. The rising number of, of younger generation is with the nuns. You know, that, that they don't, they're not a part of anything. They don't have anything to do with any church. It's a rising number right now within the younger generation. Well, they're looking for truth. Because again, like I talked about before, everybody has their own truth. But as we know, it's, it's an opinion. So do, do you know your word well enough to be able to have conversations, to be able to, to dialogue with them? 
And you don't have to be perfect within what you understand. But you know what? That's a great question. Can, can I get back to you? And just have dialogues and open conversations and, and, and listen. Listen to a generation that feels like we, and I'm getting older now, are, are talking down to them. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Don't allow them to get to the point where they start wandering off to where now idol worship is starting to move in. And it is in. You know, whether it's just stars, whether it's themselves, whether it's different moon gods or whatever that you want to fill in the blank with, it's, it's out there. And then what they're looking for is here. And we have to be bold enough and loving enough to be able to share that with them. Verse seven kicks in here and it says, and then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And so Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And God stops Abram and he tells him to look around. Abram, this, this is it. Get your wife out of the tent, have her come outside. This, this is the land that I'm promising you. And Abram's response as he's, as he's left everything, as we go back to the earlier verses that he's, that he's left his country, he's left his family, he's left his father's house. And, and what's the thing that he desires to do? He desires to worship the Lord. He just builds an altar. Oh God, I, this, is, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that I was there and, and that you've now brought me down to here. And, and he, the one thing that he just automatically just decides is I, I can't, I can't not worship you. I, I just look at this God and I can't believe that you just spoke to me and, and I've, I've followed you and I've picked everything up and, and, and here we are now. Isn't there something wonderful about just those moments that you have and it's just true worship? We just kind of shut the things off of the world and you just really take in the fact of, God, you, you, you really are real. You really are here. It was one night I was just, I was just praying and, and you know, you're typical to do things of, of things that you want to pray for to the Lord. And um, again, nothing wrong with that. But, um, and then there was just a check in my spirit and I just started thanking him for the things that I had. And I still remember that because it, so, it was just so pure and it was just so honest. It was just, it was just me and the Lord and it just, you know, God, I, I'm just truly blessed. Just the, the people that are in my life, the opportunities that I have, the family that I have, the, the, where you've taken me from where I've been. And God, that you just, you just did this. And at those moments in life, you just, you, you just really understand the fact of how great God is. And whether it's in a worship night like this, and again, you don't have to have music to worship. I don't know if you guys know that or not. You can just worship God any way that you want to. I don't sing really well. I know that because uh, if I did, then I would be up here and, and I wouldn't be able to worship the Lord. Man, it'd be all about Kevin. You know, you'd be like, man, that guy is just super loud. I'd be like, yeah, man, I can sing. You know, it would be counteractive to my, my worship time, you know? So I think God purposed to not give me a good voice. So I didn't have to worry about that part of it. But, but he still likes it. And when it's the two of us and we're just in that moment, just sing out to the Lord. Be appreciative of the things that he has done. There's something so wonderful about that. Romans 12, one and two, and another way that you can do it is, is Paul speaking, he says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. I always stop there is because present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, living. And to me, that's always important because again, it's, it's easy to say, oh Lord, I'd give my life to you. I just, I would, I'd die a martyr right now because you're gonna go to heaven, you don't really care. You're like, man, I'm going to heaven. Just take me out of this place. But, but are we willing to live for him today? That's, that's the sacrifice. Man, I'm, Lord, I'm gonna put away my wants today, my checklist, my to-dos, and God, what is it that you want me to do today? Why? Because I want to present my life as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable or well-pleasing and perfect. Don't be transformed by the world. You know, Abraham, Abraham's right now, he's, he's in a nation that is just, it's, there's idol worship everywhere. And, and what is he doing? In this foreign land, that's, he's, he's putting up stuff to my, man, this is my God that I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna build an altar right here. And I want everybody around here to see the God that I worship, okay? Because this is the true living God. Abram's out there. He's saying, look, this, this, is, this is my altar because this is the God that I serve. Are you that person at your work? Are you willing to be still true fast to, to what you are? Do you kind of diminish over in the side and you don't talk about, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, nothing. I just watched some football and you know, kind of slept in. Or do you say, man, I, man, church was incredible. Man, it was awesome, man. We had great worship beforehand. And then afterwards, they had this thing outside, went out there, played with the kids some. It was a, it was a great time. What did you do? And be honest about the things that you do. I mean, it's, it's wonderful to be able to come to church or to be able to go to a Bible study or to do other things with your friends that are, that are still spiritual and have fun. I mean, let the world know that. Live out loud. Don't be one that cowers back to say that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not that person. You know, I don't think we, you know, building an altar, we don't do that. Maybe build a fire pit or something like that. But, but, but again, in your life, what are, what are you building? What are you building in your life? Abram, this is the only thing that he built, is altars. He, he pitches tents, okay, and he builds altars. That, that's his life. He builds altars to God. I mean, there's hundreds of years later, they're not gonna see anything that he built. There's no, there's no townhouse that he built. There's no, no businesses that he, no Ferris wheel, nothing like that that is out there that can have his namesake. There's, there's altars. Oh, that, that guy, Abram, yeah, he built that over there. It's an altar to his God. And all the Christians and, and Jews and, and Muslims are going back to that. And this is an area, Abraham, he, that's where he talked to God right there. Can you believe that? That's there. Christian, don't care about what your neighbors or what your coworkers say. Build altars for God in your life. You speak to the Lord and he speaks to you and there's a, a point that he's telling you to do something, man, journal it. Write those things down. Make notation of it so that you have an altar that you can go back to when, when things go hard and you're like, man, I, I really thought the Lord called us to go to this place and, and here I am. And then it's nice to be able to go back to that journal spot and say, you know what? Man, that, that was the time that the Lord spoke to me and, and that's your altar that's where I spoke to the Lord. And that's what has happened in here. Abram's being spoken to the Lord. And he's like, Lord, it, this is it. This is what I'm giving back to you. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.11, it says, Beloved, I beg you, 
as sojourners and pilgrims. By the way, that's you. You're a sojourner and you're a pilgrim. Tonight, this is not your home. Too many times we're getting so comfortable in the place that we're at that we're that are making our houses so per I mean, our house is a wreck right now. We got different paints all over the place because we can't decide on a color. And, you know, it looks like more of a paint factory that's just got blown up in our house, but it's it's, it's, we're so busy worrying about the things that we've got here, whether we've got the perfect car and the perfect 401k account and all these things. Don't get comfortable here. Man, we are pilgrims. This is not our home. We're ambassadors for Christ here. Our home is somewhere else. I, I answer to a different person and at some point I'm leaving and the rest of the world can fight over the stuff that I leave behind. But, but this is not my home. Peter says, I, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, remember that. Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. All these desires and things that they're just, they're convoluted. They're getting you off track. Get those things out of your life and get back to the point where you're able to worship the Lord and that you're then understanding and hearing clearly what he's calling you to do. I alluded to this last week that there are the only structures, again, that Abraham ever builds is, is the altars to the God. There's, again, there's nothing else that he's building. He lives in tents. He's not focused on the things of this earth. He builds altars to God. He knows the true who the true God is. He lives by faith. Again, Hebrews eleven eight stated it for us. It said, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And that's how you do it. By faith, you obey. One quick, it's not in our notes, but Psalm 100, I'm just gonna read this to you and I've got some more to do, but just really felt like this during worship was, was the, just something to read. It's Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we not ourselves, for we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Christian, that's the attitude of worship. Since you come into his presence, come into his courts with thanksgiving. Enter, I mean, enter his courts with for friendgiving, enter his gates with praise. Are you able to do that? That's what true worship is. Pastor Carl used this verse this week in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse nine says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Christian, you have done nothing. It is, is the Lord that has done the work in you. Again, just like Abram, he was just spoken to by the Lord. The Lord is like the one, listen, I, I will. Five times, I will. I will do this in your life. Christian, the Lord will do this within your life. And then one of my favorite verses in all the Bible is verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared before that we should walk in them. So every single one of you in this, this room tonight, God, when he, back in Genesis 1, 
created everything at that moment was thinking of you and created good works for you to do. For you to do. Not for me to do. I got my own works to do. For, for you to do. Again, it all goes back to the beginning of the first of the chapter, first one. It says to go. And just like Abram, there's a decision that we have to make. Are we going to go and do these works that God has created for us? Christian, there's so much that the Lord wants to do in your life. And again, it's not a name it, claim it. It's not a prosperity gospel. It's the fact of the Lord still has a plan for your life to give him glory. And are you willing to push the chips in in your life and say, Lord, I, I do love you. I am so thankful for the things that you have done in my life. God, what, what is it that you have? What is it that you want me to do? I, I lay my life here before you. And to live your life as an act of worship. Live your life as an act of worship. In everything that you do, the conversations that you have, the love that you give to other people, the patience that you have with people, the grace that you give to people, the grace that you give to people, the grace that you give to people when they don't deserve it, but you don't deserve it. But yet the Lord continues to have grace with you and with me and is willing to take upon my, my sin upon his son for no reason at all. And then that's when I have the understanding of what it is that's required of me is, Lord, here's my life back to you. Amen. Father God, thank you so much for this evening. I thank you for these that are here this evening as well. And just God, I just pray that you would just continue to work in each one of us and where we are in our lives, where we think that we are on the spiritual totem pole of life as well. God, help us to focus on you. Help us to, to walk the walk that you're wanting for us to walk, Lord. And then probably, truly, we want to walk as well too. Father, again, thank you so much. And we ask this in your name. Amen.